friends now it is time to the dhamma talk tonight our topic is dependent origination this is one of the fundamental teachings of the buddha as we already know there are three principles in the real teachings of the buddha they are the four noble truths the dependent origination and the three characteristics of existence of these three principles last week we talked about the four noble truths today our topic is the dependent origination first we have to understand that these three fundamental teachings are common to all schools or sects in buddhism whether they are theravada mahayana or vajrayana tradition these traditions are not that important buddhism is not a tradition it is the real teaching of the buddha if one wants to understand the real words of the buddha one has to read and practice the original discourses one has to read the original discourses and then one can practice accordingly when we think of this special doctrine the dependent origination first of all it is good to understand the different terms or synonyms that we use to denote this theory there are different uh, different terms in english the buddha used the language called pali pali is uh the language to which he communicated in pali this theory is called paticca samuppada paticca samuppada P A T I C C A S A M U P T A D A Paticca Samuppada There are some other Pali terms also like Itapacceta Dhammanyamata dhammatthitata these are these are not not relevant to this talk so though there are different terms we can take only one term that is paticca samuppada for this uh, occasion so these different terms let's say the different uh, terms the synonyms they are like dependent origination theory of causality 
theory of causal effect, causality, conditionality, conditional genesis, causal genesis, theory of conditional relation, relativity, interdependent origination or dependent origination. Those are some of the terms that we use in English. Just as the, his attainment of enlightenment, the Buddha reflected on the twelve links dependent origination. There are twelve links in this, this theory, dependent origination. From the Buddha reflected on from beginning to the end and end to the beginning. It has a certain principle, formula, that is, as the Buddha said, when this is, that comes to be. When this is, that comes to be. When this is not, that does not come to be. With the arising of this, that arises. With the cessation of this, that ceases. That is the formula. It is like A and B. If you take, for instance, the A and B, A arises, B arises because of A. When there is A, B arises. When there is no A, there is no B. If I put it in another way, that's like we call right hand and left hand. Right, left. If there is no right hand, no right, there is nothing to be called left. So we call left because there is right, right? The, uh, like right and wrong even. If there is no wrong things, we, how can we say right? If there is no what is called good, where is bad? So these are interrelated, interdependent. This theory is common to all physical and psychological phenomena in the whole sphere of existence. Most specifically, once the Buddha himself said, whether the Buddhas appear or not, do not appear. In this world, this do doctrine exists in the world. Even in the absence of the Buddha, this doctrine is there in the world. Therefore, it is very clear that this Dhamma is an everlasting phenomena in the universe. Whether the Buddhas appear or do not appear, the Dhamma is there in the world. This Dhamma is there. However, during the absence of the Buddhas, 
what happened is that it is covered with the darkness of ignorance. Only the Buddhas rediscover this theory, theory of causality. When the Buddha delivered his first sermon, at the end of the sermon, spot, spotless and pure Dhamma I, the vision of Dhamma, vision of Dhamma appeared in Venerable Kondanya, the first disciple of the Buddha, Venerable Kondanya. That is the causal genesis. This vision, this vision is the whatever is in the nature of arising, it is in the nature of perishing. That was the realization. Realization of Venerable Kondanya, the first disciple of the Buddha. Once addressing the monks, the Buddha said, He who sees the Dhamma sees the dependent origination. This is very important. I repeat, he who sees the Dhamma sees the dependent origination. This statement itself is interdependent. One day, the Buddha's chief disciple, Venerable Saraputta, before his ordination he was called Upatissa. One day, he was greatly struck by the serene countenance and the quietly and composedly approaching one of the first five disciples of the Buddha, the Venerable Asaji. Asaji was the uh, most junior of the five disciples who was on his arms round. Seeing him, Upatista, Upatista asked, Sir, your countenance is serene, clear and your glance is radiant. Who persuaded you to renounce the world? Who is your teacher? What Dhamma do you follow? Then Asadi, rather reluctant to speak much, humbly said, Friend, I cannot expound the doctrine and discipline, uh, but I can tell you the meaning briefly. So, say the meaning. He said, whatever the phenomena, Dhamma, that comes to be as a result of course, that course is revealed and the cessation of that course also is explained by the Supreme Sage, the Buddha. That, that was in brief. Listening to this Upatisha, again the first page of Holy life, 
that is called swim and turn. In this, the dependent origination teaches us that one exists because of the other. That is how we can remember this. One exists because of the other. See, in the world, things are interdependent. Things are interrelated. Buddhism teaches us this lesson. We all have relationship. All human beings, all animal beings, all beings, we have a relationship. We are interconnected, interdependent. So according to this teaching, there we can point out two things. The first one is, things are interdependent. Things are interdependent, whatever things. Things are interdependent. No isolated, independent entity. Isolated, independent thing in the world. One exists because of the other. So the first thing is that things are interdependent. Second is, things are interrelated, interconnected. All animate or inanimate things are interdependent and interrelated. This is the teaching of the Buddha. So this theory of causality can be applied to anything in the world, to any problem inward and outward of beings, whether the problems are physical, psychological, social, political, economical, environmental or even universal, whatever the problem. This can be applied to those problems. So this theory has no religion. This is not for particular religion, particular group, group of people. This is for all beings. This is a universal Dhamma. On the basis of this theory, Buddhism repudiates pre-Buddhist theories of uh, accidentalism, determinism, eternalism, materialism, fatalism, as well as the theories of creation and soul or self. Buddhism repute, repute this. The Buddha once applied this theory to their social poverty. Poverty is there in the world every time. It is also everlasting problem. The Buddha once addressing the monk said, 
when not giving of property to the needy, poverty comes to be. From the growth of poverty, the taking of what is not given increase. From the increase of death, the use of weapons increases. From the increase of use of weapons, the taking of life increases. And from the increase of taking life, people's lifespan decreases. On another occasion, the Buddha said, Feeling conditions craving. These are conditional. Feeling, feeling conditions craving. Craving conditions seeking. Seeking conditions acquisitions. Acquisitions conditions decision making. Decision making conditions attachment. Attachment conditions appropriation. Appropriation conditions avarice. Avarice conditions guarding of possessions. And because of their guarding of possessions, there arise the taking up of state and so quarrels, disputes, arguments, strife, abuse, lying and other evil unfilled states. This also shows us the cause and effect. That is the teaching. Cause and effect. Things come to be because of causes. Once Venerable Ananda, the attendant monk of the Buddha, went to the Buddha and said, Venerable Sir, it is marvelous how profound this dependent origination is and how profound it appears. And yet, Sir, it appears to me as clear as clear. Then the Buddha said, do not say that, Ananda. Do not say that. This dependent origination is profound and appears profound. It is because that these all beings have become like a tangled bowl of string or soft grass, unable to pass beyond states of woe the ill destiny of samsara, the cycle of birth and death. So, this is undoubtedly a deep and profound teaching of the Buddha, through which the Buddha pointed out the twelve links cycle of dependent origination. As I said earlier, there are twelve links in the in this cycle. 
the twin links are ignorance volitional formations consciousness mind and matter six senses contact sensation craving attachment existence birth age and death these are the twelve links of the cycle these twelve links are interdependent and interrelated it is because of the it is because of this cycle this is we can say this is the samsaric cycle it is because of this cycle that we are wandering in samsara without seeing the discoverable beginning so if one can understand this cycle one can break the cycle those who broke the cycle are called enlightened ones yarahan so we can uh, we can discuss the twelve links another day the main purpose of this teaching is understanding the cause of dissatisfaction or suffering and the cessation of suffering dissatisfaction that is the cessation of all defilements and the attainment of enlightenment may we all realize that cessation of dissatisfaction may we all attain supreme and perpetual bliss of nibbana bhavatu sab mangalam bhavatu sab mangalam Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.